You're with Cape Talk. This is Koketo Sechane on Evening Talk. It is our time. He's here. How are you doing, Tim Lundy? I'm doing very, very well. You good? Yeah. Can't complain. Well, I could, but I'm sure you don't want to hear about it. You're clean shaven. <laughs> that mountain man look is gone. What's going on? <laughs> I tell you what. Did you, you have a meeting? <laughs> you and my daughter are about the only two that like, had something to did say you, about it. Did you have a meeting? <laughs> no, I didn't have a meeting. You had a presentation. I had a shave. That's all. <laughs> you had to go present something. Tell the truth. <laughs> <laughs> Not at all. It's good to see you, my brother, as always. Yeah, you too. As mentioned earlier, um, we are going to, with Tim, be talking about old maps and guidebooks as well as a Milliton Beach walk. But as we normally do, Tim, uh, starting off with a rescue recap. Yeah, rescue recap. There was only one rescue this week and it was on India Fenster and it was just somebody that was exhausted from hiking. So I can only presume that the cable station had either shut down or they attempted to come down thinking they could do it. Hmm. Got halfway down and just realized it was... A lot of work. But they did eventually walk the full length down, but with um, rescue personnel. Um, so, yeah, when you go out, just make sure that you know what you're getting yourself into before you, you tackle it. Don't take on something more than than what you can actually handle. Yeah. Was that the only incident? That was the only incident, thankfully. I think the weather has been playing quite a, a role in keeping people off the mountain. It's just yeah. too cold. That is great. Safety recap. So the safety recap, um, I had a meeting with um, a TM SAG, um, I think it was last Friday, and yeah, it's getting quite exciting. We've got a big safety hike on the 1st of September, and all hiking groups are encouraged um, to join um, in the area, which is Silvermine. So either Silvermine East or Silvermine West, organize a hike um, with your group, and um, it, it's basically part of taking back our mountains and hiking in the area. So there's going to be lots of activity in that area, which is fantastic. Um, lots of hiking groups and mountain bikers. And we're basically inviting everybody who wants to bring their groups to, to go out and hike in those mountains, which is on the 1st of September, to, um, which is on a Saturday, to roll in um, spring. And to, you know, the mountains are going to start getting busier again. So we want everybody to know that the mountains are safe and that we we're taking them back taking them back indeed and this evening we are talking the uh, old maps and guidebooks yeah yeah so this topic came up because uh, yesterday somebody actually approached me and gave me three books and said to me that they no longer are going to need them and did i have any use for them so i took the three books and they were all by shirley brassi now when I started hiking. There were basically two books that I can remember or two authors that I can remember in Cape Town that would write about guided walks. Mm. It was Shirley Brassi and uh, Josie Berman and then became my father as well. So it was kind of just the three of them that I can remember. I'm sure there were others. Um, And they basically were the ones that people, when they wanted to get a book on any walks in Cape Town, it was one of those three people. Um, and so they gave me this book and I, you know, it's fantastic. I, I really, I, it took me back quite a way because these books were done in the 1980s. And, um, as I was paging through them, I started reading the descriptions and I very quickly realized that the three books that I've got are pretty much useless because the routes that they describe 
a lot of them have, in fact almost all of them have mm. all changed mm. Um, mm. in some form hence people not having any use for them tim <laughs> well no i mean they they'll have use because they they're interesting i think i think it's interesting to see how people wrote back then and how people write now right and um and what you know why do people because the thing is nowadays you've got the internet back then we didn't have the internet mm. Mm. um there are a lot more people on the mountain now than they were back then um so the three authors that were in Cape Town those were the the go-to people that you would go to 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 get um information on walks on on the mountains. Mm-hmm. And as that's grown there's now Tony Lawrence there's all sorts of other other people that have written um books on walking all all sorts of types myself included and not only is it the books but you've got the internet. Yeah. You know, people write on the internet. They haven't published any books, but they've they've definitely if they got all their articles on the internet, they could could publish those as well. If you've just joined us, we're hiking with Tim Landy. We're talking old maps and guidebooks. Which old maps and guidebooks do you have? And what stories do they tell? Why are you still keeping them? 021-446-0567. Um Tim, there's you know, what, what kind of features on on a map changes that that could confuse one on on a route because there is a need in talking about yeah. maps to keep them updated yeah no absolutely um because you know vegetation constantly is growing all the time uh, trees are being cut down so you will have areas on a map where it'll show a whole pine forest takai forest is a perfect example it's gone so mm-hmm. now you standing with a map that says takai forest in a big thicket of trees <laughs> and it's a barren land there's nothing mm, there mm. so it's a very different landscape and that can be confusing to some people if they're not familiar with the area mm-hmm. um landslides um in this in this particular book that I've got from Shirley Brossi which is the Hart Bay Mountains and Silvermine Nature Reserve um lots of firebreaks those firebreaks are gone or they've moved mm. you know they don't always keep firebreaks exactly where they were they get better firebreaks or or fire does come through and then you know they start a new fire break mm-hmm. a couple of years later and so that that moves and of course now when you're looking at the map it can be very confusing because you're looking yeah. for a fire break and it yeah. ain't there yeah how how then considering that like you're saying you know the, the landscape changes there's a need to you know keep up to date how often does that happen so i i look it can happen very soon after a book is published you know um I think I had I had uh, while I was actually writing the book um in town there was one section of a park that you walked through mm. and just before we went to print they put up a fence oh which wasn't there before and of course it's not in the description of the book because the fence wasn't there right and it's just one of those things that you can't really you can't help mm-hmm. you know things are changing all the time constantly but I would say every 5 to 6 years you would need to get a new edition of mm-hmm. a book because otherwise it just starts to um it, it things change you know the, the way the city my father's books um like the first book he wrote which was um 20 walks around hap bay most of those walks you can't do now because the way they started was off through a piece of land mm. which has now got an estate on it or it has got a house smack bang in the middle of where the path used to be. Mm-hmm. Um Silverhurst or Silvermist um Constantinec. Um as a child we when we did that hike up Flakenberg that route has completely changed. We used to walk right through the estate but it was just overgrown vegetation. So you're saying that I can't go to like one of those really nice uh 
um, farm homes in Hard Bay that I want to own and just walk on the land holding. <laughs> and then and then when the owner <laughs> the owner's like, what are you doing? He's like, no, no, it's Mike. Mike Landy. Mike Landy man. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> he sent me. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> no, but um, seriously though, um, so considering that landscape changes and uh, one has to make sure that when I go to the shop and I'm buying um, a guidebook, um, I have to get the most recent one. What do I need to look out for? So when you, when you go look out for the latest editions um, and, and check just on normally on the second or third page, it'll tell you when that book has been published mm-hmm. um, or when the new edition has come out. And you can gauge from that. If, if it's three, four years it should be all right. Mm-hmm. Um, if it's six, seven, if you start getting towards 10 years, you can almost guarantee that a lot of the stuff that you're going to be reading about, there's going to be things that are going to be changing. Yeah. And so people can end up getting lost because all of a sudden the instructions of turn left here at this bush, mm. the bush is no longer there. So the person carries on walking. Um, and, and, yeah. and that does have, op, um, happen often. Yeah. People do get lost because the instructions are not clear anymore. We'll take your calls on 021-446-0567 at 17 minutes to 10. We are hiking with Tim Landy, uh, discussing old maps and guidebooks. What stories have you got to share about some of the old maps and old guide, guidebooks that you have? Uh, Tim, there is, as you said, a need for us to buy the most recent uh, edition of a guidebook or map. But uh, what what makes a good guidebook? So I would say what makes a good guidebook is detail, but not too much detail. So you don't want to have to sit reading for ages and every single every five steps you've got another instruction of what to do. Mm. Um, so your key points of, of where you need to turn, that needs to be in there. Um, in Shirley's book, one of the, the things was, was Platter Club, and it was like start at the bottom, walk to the bottom where the sign says go up Platter Club, and then you come out the top. <laughs> and you're going, well, you've just like left out almost two hours worth of walking. Um, there's a lot in between the top and the bottom um, that that you could put in there because mm. sometimes people will go along a path and they'll go, is it three kilometers, is it four kilometers? I'm not sure. Did we maybe miss the turn off? B- because that information is not there. So I would say the important thing is is detail um, and and just clarity. And just make, you know, when you read, it, it needs to be informative. Hmm. Um, and I think, without trying to sound biased, that's where my father, I think, got a lot of following was because he was he'd hit the nail on the head every time. But he would also make this. He would he would make a story out of it. It right. wasn't just a guidebook. It was, and I've I mean I've tried to to replicate that. It's mm-hmm. not easy. He definitely had a had a skill at doing it. Um, because you don't want to just go left here, right here. I mean, anybody, yeah. anybody can do that. Do, do, do people still buy guidebooks? And I mean, you did mention earlier that, you know, with technology, you know, I've got, I've got my cell phone. Yeah. So why, why do I need to go and get a, a guidebook? People do. Um, the publishers will tell you that they don't buy nearly as many as they used to because of the Internet. Um, I think newspapers have the same problem. Yeah. Um, I know I haven't bought a newspaper in probably a decade. <laughs> I just read online. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's internet, internet 
look, anybody can write a story. Anybody can write instructions. Mm-hmm. It doesn't mean they're going to get you to where you need to go to. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. There are people out there that I've, I've read and you're going, like, these instructions are so vague mm. that I, I, I can't follow this because yeah. it, you're just going to get lost. You, you mentioned, I mean, you used the Tokai forest as an example, the trees being shut, being uh, chopped down there, and, and also in the event of, like, uh, a landslide. But what are some of the other natural disasters that would... Fire. Yeah. Fire is a big one at the moment. You know, with the fires that we're having, um, to give you an example, Myberg's Waterfall Ravine. Um, last year, September, there was quite a big fire that came over from um, Landadno and, and came right over on t- top of the mountain. And, you know, the fire burns and, and that path obviously is still there, but it kind of fades away after time mm. because people are kept off the path. And, of course, everything starts to grow back, including on the path. So that path that goes from the top of Mybergs to uh, the top of Landadno Ravine will not be in the condition it was before the fire because people have been kept away from for their own safety mm. because you get sinkholes um, from the fire. So that fire is definitely one of those things. Um, rock slides is another one. Fallen trees. Often you'll get a tree that is so big high up the mountain that they can't get a chance orchard. So people then just start to make their own route, their own new route around it. Hmm. Um, and sometimes that can be a lot longer than just hopping over the tree. So in the event of, you know, I've got the most recent, um, the, the latest edition of a particular guidebook, and I'm on a, on a hike, um, and I get to a point where I feel as if, you know, I'm, I'm a bit lost because of natural disaster, things have been altered. What are the rules there? What, you know, what, what do we do? So if you if you get to a point and it doesn't feel right, don't ever continue into the unknown. If you don't know where you're going, don't continue into it. If it doesn't feel right, don't do it. Mm-hmm. Because you're just walking further and further away from what you do know, mm-hmm. which is the path that you've come on. So the best thing to do if you're really feeling unsafe, do a group decision or do an executive leader decision and turn around and go back. I've done it before. Um, I've got no problem with doing it because I know that it is the safest thing to do. Um, I've I've also been out in rescues where I've had to go and get people because they're pressed on. Yeah. And they eventually end up getting to the top of a cliff. Um, and most of the time they don't proceed. Hmm. Sometimes they do. And those are the horrible calls. But um, the idea is that if you if you're not comfortable with what you're doing if the group is not comfortable turn around and go back nobody's going to think any less of you at 12 minutes to 10 tim lundy is with us any other hiking related questions that you might have uh, share with us on 021 446 tim we know we are in this era of, of cell phones but there are people who still appreciate guidebooks but guidebooks can also be a bit cumbersome I, I must say, on all the hikes that I've been on, I haven't seen anyone walking around with yeah, exactly. with a book. So how do we do that? I mean, use the information while also not, I mean, we don't, you don't need to be bothered. Well, with yeah, I mean, sometimes people do take the book with them and they put it in their backpack, but that can be heavy. Um, nowadays with cell phones, what you can do is just take a selfie of the pages that are relevant. Take a photo. Take a photograph and, and you can zoom in you with your phone. You don't know what a selfie is, yeah. 
<laughs> do you know what a selfie? I did, yeah, yeah. <laughs> okay, okay. I was gonna say, ask your daughter. <laughs> yeah, take a selfie of the page. How's this guy? <laughs> Make sure you are in the photo. <laughs> put this. Put the page on your alongside your temple and take a selfie. <laughs> you know what I mean. <laughs> Ah, you know we love you, man. Take a picture of the <laughs> not itself, embarrassing us during the people. Yeah. <laughs> yeah no, but seriously, take a photo of it. Yeah, take a photograph of it. Uh, yeah, and if there's certain areas that you're not sure of or it's not clear, then zoom in on it. And the the biggest problem with cell phones, though, is is battery life. Mm. So what my father used to do, and and when I do trails is I will then print out the pages that I want and then just laminate the pages if I have to, if it's going to rain, but keep them in a dry place because obviously once the ink runs, then it's a guessing game. <laughs> oh, yeah, the, the, there's that as yeah. well, right? But cell phones definitely are, the, their biggest problem is that if the battery dies, then you, you're without a map. So paper, paper is one of those things that definitely is a, it wins. Tim Landy is with us. We we'll take your calls at 021 446 10 minutes to 10. Your WhatsApp on 072 567 A few minutes before we get to the latest in eyewitness news at 10, Tim Landy is still here. Uh, we're talking maps. Uh, somebody, I'm still here. You no, no, it's no, not yeah. like a bad thing. No, no, no. Yeah, I, I just saw a message coming in from Tim. We're coming to your defense. Come on, Google. So you know what Tim means. Shame, poor Tim. Hey, it's not my fault he's talking about taking selfies of pages. <laughs> Always going to get yourself in the photograph. You know that, Google. <laughs> uh, Tim, uh, the Milton Beach Walk for the Family. Yeah, so we spoke, what, two, three weeks ago about it. And unfortunately, last week, there was a warning that Milton Beach was going to be closed because of high tides. Mm-hmm. So we postponed it to this Saturday at 10 o'clock. Yep. And we meet at Lagoon Beach Drive. At I'm not sure if Wang Tai is still the restaurant that's at that parking lot mm-hmm. next to the lagoon. But yeah, basically, there's a parking lot next to the lagoon near the mouth. That's where we're going to meet at 10 o'clock. And then we're going to set off... 20 past 10, just give them the scragglers a chance yeah. to catch up. Let's go through the route. So basically, yeah, we walk along the lagoon's edge up towards Tableview side. So we walk upstream and then we cross over the Woodbridge Island bridge and then we go onto the beach, walk along the beach for a while until we get to the, the mouth of the river, turn around and come back, do the route back again. So it's a very simple, easy walk. It's about getting the kids out into the beach and mm-hmm. just getting your feet in the sand, but also just seeing the things. There's a nice lighthouse. There's the lagoon. There's all sorts of lovely things to see along the way. And there's there's shops and restaurants and stuff like that. So it's Who can do it? Anybody. Absolutely anybody. I wouldn't say prams on the beach wouldn't be a, a good idea, but um, kids from sort of six, seven years old would be able to, to handle this one. It's all on the flat. Unless you've got one of those 4 by 4 prams. Unless you've got one of those, yeah. Then you could. <laughs> those things are expensive, eh? Yeah. Yes, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, uh, so Milton um, uh, Beach Walk for the Family this Saturday, uh, 10 o'clock we're meeting at the parking lot at Lagoon Drive, is that what it's called? Lagoon, Lagoon. you caught me off guard. Yeah, well basically uh, there's a there's a um, 
Lagoon Beach Drive. Yeah, there there's a go. Lagoon Beach, Drive. My City bus stop right there. There's that's a set of traffic lights, and depending on which direction you're going, you're going to end up right there at that set of traffic lights going towards the beach. And the parking lot is on your right hand side, right there. Correct. Um, at the mouth of the lagoon itself. Yeah. Meeting at ten. Ten um, set off at twenty past, and. Um, it's not a long walk. It's not a, but it's a walk that kids will enjoy, grandparents mm-hmm. will enjoy to be with the kids. Mm-hmm. It's not strenuous, but it's enjoyable, and it's about making conversation and, and meeting new people. So again, the route from the mouth of the lagoon going upstream, we get to the bridge, we cross over the bridge onto the Woodbridge Island. Yeah, and then onto go the beach, over onto the beach, down to the, the mouth of the lagoon, and then turn around and come back again. That's quick. That's yeah. very quick. That's very quick. Yeah, it's about an hour and a half, at the most. Mm-hmm. I mean, we, we we yeah, we're not walking to to try and beat any records. We're walking to just be out and enjoy, and the views from there are fantastic of Table Mountain and of Table Bay. The weather's good. The weather should be good. Yeah, I've I've been checking the weather and it doesn't seem to be. It's probably going to be overcast, but nothing nothing like what tonight was like. <laughs> sure. Who is going to join us um, at the, the Milton Beach Family Walk on Saturday at 10? Um, call us now. Let us know. Who should we expect? 021-446-0567. The walk itself um, you can find in uh, Tim's book as well. Tim, go ahead and sell your book. Come on. So it's Cape Town Hiking or Family family Walks in Cape Town. And uh, you can get it at Exclusive Books and online at techlot.com. 30 Easy Routes in the City and Surrounds, uh, Family Walks in Cape Town by Tim Lundy. Yeah. Yeah, that is the one. Um, the next uh, Family Walk is this coming Saturday. Bring the lighties, you know? yeah? Come through yourself, the familiar. Meeting at 10, the parking lot, just as you pull into Lagoon Beach. And as Tim said, the walk is from the mouth of the lagoon uh, upstream to the... Bridge. We're crossing over into Woodbridge Island onto the beach. Walk back towards uh, the mouth of the lagoon. Turn around and do it backwards. Yeah. Well, no, well not it, backwards. Well, but I mean, <laughs> I mean, if you we really want to make a challenge, <laughs> we could try <laughs> while taking a selfie. <laughs> um, yeah, ages. Yeah, I suppose anybody, right? Anybody. Really? Yeah. Anybody. It's not going to be a strain at all. Definitely not. And it's not going to be a, a fast walk by any means. It's. The slowest person is is the the speed at which we go, and we are going to. Yeah, we're going to stop off and no. What I'm asking things out. And what I'm asking is that you are going to lead us yes. properly. <laughs> yes, not like I won't walk you around the parking lot this time. <laughs> For anyone who doesn't know what happened, so. <laughs> Tim, you're never gonna let me. Let no, let not go. even, not even. Go to the. We go to the Kuberg Nature Reserve. We meet in the parking lot. Tim Landy um, leads <laughs> us, <laughs> and then we follow him, only to find that we are actually just doing a nice little circle <laughs> to walk around. This is this is giving people no faith in what's gonna happen on Saturday. But oh, we just did a nice casual walk uh, around the parking lot before we really got to focus. In my defense, you've got to follow the signs. <laughs> In your defense? Yes, so we followed the signs and the signs took us around the parking lot. Listen I, I to didn't this guy. Lay them far, far. There's, there's a voice note. <laughs> 
Hi guys, would have loved to have joined you on the walk on Saturday as it's a kilometer away from my home. But uh, Happy and I are heading to Paternoster for a few quality days. But um, enjoy the walk. It's a beautiful walk. Relax and breathe in the sea air and enjoy. Wainoma. Mulnitin. Thank you, Wainoma. Thank you. We will definitely enjoy. Thanks for showing off about your road trip. <laughs> the minute she said Padre Notso, I just imagined the crayfish. <laughs> I'm getting hungry. <laughs> there are restaurants along the way. It's, it's okay. Tim Landy, thank you. Thank you very much. We are out of time and we uh, meet on Saturday at 10 um, at Lagoon Beach. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Much appreciated, brother, as always. Thank you very, very much.